0: Welcome, one. Welcome, all. It is the NFC East mixtape where every week, by choice, somehow, some way, we decide to talk about the NFC East. Uh, this is the most unique podcast that Espionation produces. You can listen to it on one of four different podcast networks. Blog the Boys, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content, aka King of the Frauds, uh, Bleeding Green Nation, Espionation's home for Eagles content, Hogs Haven for Washington football team, and Big Blue View. For the New York football giants. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. I am RJ Ochoa from blogging the Boys. This is volume 40 of the NFC mixtape. And I um I wish we'd stopped at 39, if I'm being quite honest with you, VLG.
1: Oh man, I can't stop laughing. Uh is it the only thing I can say right now. I've been waiting for this moment since Sunday night. A lot of listeners, RJ, have been waiting for this moment, as you have seen, I'm sure, on Twitter. So that's very good. Uh, I really just have one question for you. Oh, wait, what was that? Oh, my gosh. Someone's throwing trash at me. I mean, like, what is this? To start the pod? Wow. That's crazy. Um, for those who couldn't see... Uh, I just think I just had a, a Gatorade bottle. Oh, wait. And then there's like a piece of paper, too, or something hit me. You um, actually threw it in your you face. Have like you, you, kind of could have made, you could have just made the sound effect, but I you didn't actually throw threw it in your face. Someone threw it at me, and they probably did it because Dak Prescott said it's okay to throw things at people. So I um, uh, wanted to start off the pod like that. But my one question
0: for you was, how about them cowboys? You love to see it. Um, love to see it. So if it isn't obvious, uh, we're going to spend this episode talking primarily about the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, mind you, uh, both being bounced from the playoffs. Uh, we I would say I was going to say we love you, Washington and New York, but we don't. Um, but, you know, this is this is a playoffs only episode. Um, and uh, I don't know that I'll finish it if I'm, be- if <laughs> I'm being quite honest. Uh, a reminder uh, to subscribe to your favorite team's podcast network. Leave a rating, ride review. Go to a different network. Leave a rating, ride review. Troll the Cowboys. I don't care. If you give us five stars, say whatever you want. I really don't care. Do you want to start with the Cowboys, Brandon? Do you want to start with the Eagles? Do you care more about the Cowboys than you do the Eagles? Because it kind of feels that way. I see all this we, content up in BleedingGreenNation.com that's Cowboys-centered. I mean, you know, you got, you, you've got a lot of stuff to do. I mean, we got off-season content to produce. I mean, geez, get a life, guys. Seriously. I mean, this, this is embarrassing. Oh, have, some, have some team pride. I mean, we have to start in order like we always
1: do with the team that won the division, extremely meaningful division win
0: uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, so hang on, hang on. Before we get to the playoff game, you are the only person who has made this big deal out of what happened in Philly in week 18. It was it was not that big of a deal. Like there is a lot. Of there's an, an enormous amount of meat on this bone and we're both about to devour it okay there's there's a lot of legitimate trolling and finger pointing that we can do but the week 18 thing is silly my mm-hmm. I, I, my point is there are reasons to trash this team but I want to focus on the quality ones not the non-quality <laughs> which is is what happened in week 18 so that's my end of that diatribe will you allow me to go first can I get on my soapbox because I, I, oh, I'm sure. honestly I'm look I'm be honest with you BLG we get a lot of kind comments about the mixtape you know what i mean a lot, a lot of people love this show a lot a lot of people say rjblg you guys got some great chemistry so i'm going to be honest with you here i have purposefully even though i've been on several shows already on our network i have saved some things for this because it's that well, important. i know All right, the, the mixtape is saying i know what a bunch of frauds! what a bunch <laughs> of frauds i mean i am so so i'm going to record something for our own network um that will go out on Thursday where I'm going to kind of launch into this in a different space, but the, the, the last, I don't know, six, seven, eight, you know, demoralizing exits for the Cowboys have all sucked. Right. And they've all been embarrassing, but they've all at least had something that we could cope with. And sometimes that is just like copium, right? Like we're, we're just like lying to ourselves, but it, it has at least had like, Des caught it, you know, whatever, like blah, 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 blah. Like there has been something that you can hang your hat on. Like, man, if only it weren't for that, it, maybe things go different and you can kind of again you can lie to yourself that way you can't do it this one this game you were out coached you were outplayed you were outclassed and you were you were bad and, and they had every opportunity brandon we said this after they lost to the cardinals who are frauds themselves we, we said this this was their one chance before the playoffs started to prove that they were not just this team that beat up on these bad teams or whatever six 0 in the nfc's i i I'll, look, I'll be honest with you. Next season, I'll I'll tweet all the things out about dominating the NFCs because I I want the retweets, all right? But it means nothing. Like it's so meaningless. It's so lame that they just pick on these lower quality teams and then fold and dude they folded in the most predictable way it was so obvious that Kyle Shanahan was going to hide Jimmy Garoppolo they were going to focus on the run game that Debo Samuel was going to go off and they did that over and over and over again and spare me the loser take about the referees being involved I am so actually embarrassed of the Cowboys themselves, but Cowboys fans were like, well, the referee is, is 60 years old and he's trying, you know, how, how's, he, how's Dak supposed to handle the ball? Who cares? You Like, look, I love Dak Prescott. I love, uh, you know, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, all of them. I love them all. I mean, I've got them on fantasy teams and jerseys and everything, right? These, these guys are supposed to be the best offense in the NFL. They're supposed to be legit. And everyone's sitting here moaning and groaning saying, well, if the referees hadn't done this, nah, hell no. They got the ball with two minutes and 42 seconds left. Down by six, three timeouts. They had 84 yards to go. Sure, that's a long way to go. But with your season on the line, you're supposed to be the best offense in the NFL. You're supposed to be an elite franchise quarterback. You got your big bag over the offseason. You have to go, and you have to make that drive be the one. And not only did they not make it be the one, they barely got like five plays off. I mean, they had one completion in that stretch, and, and they completely and totally butchered it. I mean, there are so many layers to this onion. Mean, there's the stupid moment after the fake punt. There is just the non-utilization of Tony Pollard, the forced utilization of Ezekiel Elliott, a complete and total letdown. I mean, there are times where you lose playoff games and you're like, this offseason is going to be really long. This is, this is the most demoralizing way that a season can end in my mind.
1: Where to begin? There's so many things to hit on here. Why don't we start with you giving me a lot of guff. And first of all, first of all, I'll, get, I'll start by giving guff? you credit, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, you know, guff. Not Jared guff. You know, just guff. Um, I'll start with giving you credit. You were on the Cowboys about the refs thing back when they played the Cardinals and lost to them. So it you've been so on that lame. consistently. It was so lame. them credit to blame for them. that because there are a lot of, you know, Cowboys homers who are leaning into that and I give you credit for being above that. Um, Number two, I give you credit for being willing to rip the team Um, and not chalking this up as some, you know, fluke or whatever. Like, no, it was very much a deserved effort. So I will give you credit from the top. But number one point of criticism i guess is i've had to hear from you all, all all season long oh how dare how could you pick washington to win the division and that was case, dumb that was always like, what
0: this was the best team talk. in the division let me talk okay let me right. talk go ahead go ahead i hate the
1: those. argument was never about washington is amazing and i believe in them with all my heart the big point of emphasis was always I don't believe in Mike McCarthy and Mike McCarthy was always going to limit the team ceiling. So clearly I took that too far. And now obviously Washington did lose their starting quarterback in week one, but whatever, even if we take that out,
0: Buffalo Uh, Bills fan,
1: by the way, that quarterback. Yes. Did (laughs) I doubt him too much? Clearly, because I doubted his capability to win the division, but okay, great. Whatever. Like you won a division and you didn't do anything meaningful since then. And that was always going to happen. That was the thing. On week 18, real quick, obviously, I am trolling to an extent when I talk about how the Cowboys were celebrating in that game. But here's what I also wrote last week I pulled it up from my winners, losers, I don't know,'s column. Uh, like the Monday after that week 18 game, I used the term moral loss and I will quote it here. I still think uh, that you're making way too much out of this. Just there, again, there are there have, are
0: legitimate reasons to roast them. i want going to get on to them. On a there's a
1: lot to get to. We, it's a long podcast. We have plenty of time, RJ. We can get to it all. We're not talking about the Giants or Washington a ton. Sorry, there's nothing going on there. You know, you guys are – well, Giants are interviewing people. Washington isn't really doing anything. Uh, as BGN readers and or BGN radio listeners may know, I am all about vibes, how something feels. And this game, referring to Week 18 – did not feel like a major success for the Cowboys. That their starters were celebrating in overly exuberant fashion was odd. Do I really trust this team to go on a championship run? I previously picked the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. I might need to clarify that prediction from winning the Super Bowl to their Super Bowl, which is apparently that game. Again, I felt like the vibes were off. They were that yeah, not the, the reason like, they lost
0: the, the The vibes being off. Like if you want to kill them for like, or you want to like isolate the moment, the vibes were like, I, I wouldn't even say first suspect, but the, the time that they were the most suspect, the most concerning, it was the moment that the Cardinals game ended and they lost. And the first thing they did was blame their, the referees. That's when the vibes were like, holy crap, this, this is really bad. This is, this is okay, concerning. Yes. It and, didn't and, start there, but and they there was, they and haven't, like, that's their problem. They haven't had any shred of accountability. I, and like I told you last week, like, I don't have, I don't care. And this is the Cowboys, but like, I don't care when any team does that. I told you it reminded me of the Eagles when they were the one seed in 2017 before they won the Super Bowl. We see teams like that, that just crush teams and like celebrate it. And so like, they weren't doing I, it against teams, practice squads. I Again, I don't think that that's worth crushing them for. I, I know we have a lot of time, but I want to use it to roast them because they I are to get to all of it. But like, We're gonna get okay, to all of RJ. So, so again are. they had like think about this they had no accountability for any of their losses this season they lost to the Buccaneers and it was like hey respect you know you went down to the wire with the defending world champs week one blah blah, blah. then when they lost to the Broncos they didn't even give and like I've called the Broncos frauds a lot on the ESPN NFL show by the way but I mean they didn't even give the Broncos credit all they did was was belittle the loss in in the sense of being like yeah well we let our guard down you know we we were smelling ourselves too much blah blah we got the monkey butt, we came back we dominated Atlanta we're good we're ready to roll then when they lost to Kansas City, it was like, well, yeah, you know, but Amari was on the COVID list. We really didn't even treat this game that seriously, et cetera, et cetera. And then when they lost to the Raiders, it was like, yeah, well, look at all the past interference penalties. They never, ever at any single point, even through their season ending, owned up to anything. And I want to be very clear about something, okay? You say a lot, and I agree with you multiple things can be true, right? Multiple things can be true in, in a lot of ways in life. And in a similar sense, we can change our minds. We can take information, we can learn, we can adapt, we can grow, et cetera. I maintain right now that Mike McCarthy did a lot of great things and instituted a lot of things that were very different than Jason Garrett and the Cowboys were performing in ways that they never had before. They did things and in ways that they never could under Jason Garrett. I mean, we had a decade to learn that. And so that was true. But over the course of the second half of the season, they completely and totally collapse. And sure, fine if you and the other McCarthy like haters want to like take victory laps over that, like I can't stop you. But I am out on McCarthy. I cannot stay in on this I, because the culture of the Cowboys is clearly a representation of their head coach, right? When it was Jason Garrett, it was you know nothing but like right kind of guy, you know right kind of stuff, you know whenever they were had their press conferences. And Mike McCarthy blames officials, and so now. That's what the Cowboys do. They have no ownership, and that is emblematic of their head coach. He has breeded that, and that is very worrisome to me. I am all the way out on him. I hate to call for people to get fired in any context or people to get cut and things like that, but, man, I am so disconnected from that. I have lost all faith in this operation under this coach because... I mean how can you believe in them like like what I don't even know like I mean I know I'm I'm emotional and coming off the moment but they could be sitting here in late November next season and be undefeated and I still would doubt it because you have every reason to doubt them there's there's no reason to believe in them until there's a reason and you're not going to have a reason until not even a divisional round you know at a certain point until they break this you know mold they are they're frauds they're front runners dude and I I I talked about this on a different podcast I love Dak Prescott and I he had a really bad moment at the end of the game, certainly advocating for throwing uh trash and and debris at officials. Again, really, really, really out of character for Dak, but You know what is, like, really pissing me off in hindsight is everybody made a big deal, especially after the Eagles lost because it was, okay, if you win, you go to Tampa. Oh, well, Dak told Tom Brady, you know, after they lost in week one, we'll see you, we'll see you again, we'll meet up again. It's like, stop it. Stop making these foolish guarantees. You look so stupid. Like, you know, and I don't know if you knew this or remember this, BLG, but in 2015 when Tony Romo was hurt, uh, the Cowboys lost at home to the Patriots. And after the game, Romo at midfield shook Brady's hand and said, we'll see you in February. Cowboys <laughs> finished that season four and 12. You know, and I mean, <laughs> it, you, like you just look so dumb when you do this, like you, you are making it worse. Just stop. Just leave it alone. Just, just shut up and do the work. That's all we want to see at this point.
1: This was a giant failure. There's no other way to, like, sugarcoat it. Um, And to really put it in perspective, you know, the Eagles losing in the first round in embarrassing fashion. Like, they didn't even make it a game. That no, but sucks. they were, they so were playing that.
0: with house money, like the Eagles but were. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's all about expectation. And I've been consistent, and I think you've been too, along this season. Like, this season was very much an all-in kind of season. And it's not as simple as, like, oh, we'll get them next year. Like, there are a lot of things going for the team this year that I think you can't necessarily count on next year. And this is a big, big missed opportunity and to not, and to be home favorites and to not even be able to win
0: only home team that lost in the wild card, only home
1: team that lost had all this talent and we're down multiple scores too. It wasn't like, you know, a back and forth game. It was like a game they weren't even in control of. Like it was never their game.
0: And that's why, like, I'm sorry to keep, like, jumping in, but, like, they came in and they blamed the officials. I have no idea how that isn't a first down by Debo Samuel at the very end. I have no idea. Right. Like, I, I mean, it's like, especially off the review. But so they're, they're given life off of that. And then after yeah. that, after it's fourth and, they, and short, they, they pick up the false start. And so then they're even, like, so they get back-to-back penalties that literally keep the heartbeat of their season alive and, like, 20 minutes later in real time have the audacity to, to come out and blame officials. And you know what, Brandon? Man, I'm so upset with Dak because he's over here like, well, if the official doesn't run into me. No, if you know the rule, then you know to hand the ball to the official. Like that's that's what this is about. And I put that blame squarely on Dak Prescott, but I also put it on Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy. Because if you're gonna have the arrogance to call a quarterback draw in that moment with no clock stoppages left, somebody has to be aware. Somebody has to say, Dak, you have six seconds and then you got to get down and and you got this they have to completely relay the sequence you got to get down you got to get everybody to the line of scrimmage you got to hand the ball to the official watch Larry Fitzgerald do it a thousand times and then you got to spike the ball that has to be said has to be communicated and that's why Dak coming out afterwards all defenses say well you know we practiced it a thousand times we trained you clearly didn't or, or you just wasted time and did it wrong because you proved that you didn't know how to do this
1: so you talked about the Debo break. I mean the Jimmy G interception towards oh. the end was also very favorable. Seriously. And not like, you know, the yeah, and, even, and, when he, and the sorry, game. and
0: when he missed Brandon Ayuk, he missed him uh, at the end of the third yep. quarter. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, you know, again, this wasn't like like they were in control of the game and, and they like scratched and, no. and
0: clawed and fought yeah. their way back. Not nah, they were they, they were, were, or were like brought like the, they back they the
1: better this game. And they didn't win, you know. So that happens sometimes. There's like a better team, and whatever circumstances bounces happen, and they just you don't end up winning the game. Um, that's not the case here. It's just not. It's a massive disappointment. Uh, there's and again, spinning it forward. There's so many reasons here to worry about the future for this team because you could lose both coordinators or at least probably the one you wouldn't want to lose more right now. I'm guessing, which is Dan Quinn who's being interviewed for multiple jobs. And there's, you know, talk out there that Denver is really hot for him. So we'll see. Um, Dak Prescott's about to get a lot more expensive. The Cowboys currently project to be 13.5 million over the cap, which is only ahead of the Packers and the saints. And obviously they'll get under that. The Eagles are like way over last year at this time, teams get under that's not the issue, but still like that limits your spending ability to some extent and at a time where you're going to have some key players for this team who very well could be leaving such as Dalton Schultz, Who's the Cowboys top tight end and third in receiving this year and tied for first in receiving touchdowns? Cedric Wilson, who was, you know, the fourth fourth in receiving, not a starter, but had to step up when Michael Gallup and others were banged up.
0: Michael Gallup also oh, assumed to be a so free agent.
1: Yeah. Will be, will be a free agent. Um, Randy, Randy Gary, Gregory, who, yeah. I mean, second on the team in sacks. Dorrance Armstrong, third on the team in sacks. Leighton Vanderesh, starting linebacker. Keanu Neal, starting linebacker. You know, these aren't necessarily like, you know, star players, but they're like significant contributors on the team who, Might not be back last next year. And I think the Cowboys, generally speaking, had like favorable injury luck. Not to the point like, you know, where everything was perfect, but it wasn't like their season was decimated by injury. Um, Also, another couple concerning things, no repeat winner in the division, as we know since 2004. Not just, you can't, I know, like you can be like, well, we, we could be the team to break that. And I think there's a chance there. I think the Cowboys are not going to be a terrible team next year, but it's never a given. This is never a given for any team in this division. So you can't just assume it's going to happen. And I think the most concerning thing out of everything and why blaming the refs is meaningful more than just because like, it's a bad look.
0: It's because, it's because they think they're right. They think they're doing the yes, right things. It's
1: because it's, it's it's a signal of delusion and it's it's a team that's not ready to look themselves honestly in the mirror and address the things that need to be addressed and a team that feels like well we kind of just got bad luck or we got screwed we're doing everything fine we just have to run it back we'll be okay and maybe the cowboys will be okay from the standpoint of they'll lose these players they draft really well again i'm not saying like all hope is lost for them and they're going to be like the worst team in the nfl next year but to reach the point that they did this season like uh, 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 Micah Parsons breaking out the way he did. Is he going to be as good as he? No, was? yeah, there
0: there will be a regression of the mean in a lot of sense. And, 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 and that will happen in other directions, right? Like where, sure. where Micah and Diggs will regress, you know, what will feel like backwards. Other players will regress forwards and, sure. and, and, and things will balance out. I mean, in that way, it is, you know, you mentioned losing Dan Quinn. I would bet he's gone. I mean, we'll see if it's Denver, if it's Chicago, whatever. But I mean, he's probably gone. And I think Nine out of ten Cowboys fans are upset that Kellen's not gone because there is this like disillusion, right? There is this like, no man, we got we've got the secret sauce. We can do this, whatever. No, you don't. Like you, you, you clearly don't. And there's so I don't I don't know that there is anything that is is a microcosm or is is a larger, ironically, microcosm of this idea more than how they treated Ezekiel Elliott. So I said this on uh the 750 on our network on Tuesday. Zeke Elliott comes out immediately after the game and says, well, I played part of the season with a torn PCL. The the part that went over everybody's head is like, dude, that is so lame. Like, respect. You played through it. You know, you're a warrior. You're much stronger than me. I presume much stronger than you, Brandon. I mean, like, that's not an easy thing to do from a physical, athletic perspective. Kudos. Respect. But what the hell are you doing, like, singing this song right now. You look like you, you, you know, and I what it said, I said it reminded me of Ben Roethlisberger, right? Because Zeke's like, what well, we lost? And, you know, I need you to know that, like, I gutted this out. Like, I'm a warrior. Nah, Zeke, because every interview you did throughout December, you said, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm ready to roll. Nah, man, you can't have it both ways. You can't have your cake and eat it too here. And beyond you trying to have your cake and eat it too, why were you out there? Why, If you are really that hurt, if you're really that banged up, why are you out there? Why, why isn't Tony Pollard out there? Tony Pollard is a better running back than Zeke at 100%, let alone Zeke at 80% or 70% or whatever he would qualify himself at as down the stretch. And even if you somehow believe that a healthy Zeke is better than Tony Pollard, one, I disagree with you but he clearly was not healthy, so why, and this is where you can roast them, why did you trot Zeke Elliott out there in Philly in week 18 and give him 18 carries so he could get his 1,000 yards and, and you could feel good about that? No, if if you really wanted to maximize your opportunities, that was stupid. That was dumb. I mean, the Zeke thing is is really, really poor management and coaching in like 16 different ways, and they deserve all of the blame for that
1: his contract is just <laughs> it's not great he is on the books pretty much no matter what like he's he's back next season he has to be financially the cowboys basically and can't
0: and, and they'll him. keep they'll keep feeding zeke and you know whatever and they'll sell t-shirts and, he, and, and yeah. he, people will spin their first round picks and fantasy on him and like you know we'll do it again you know like th- this was this was a hundred percent predictable this this was the like i i don't know if you know this when uh when they were going through the uh the contract holdout ish with Ze- uh, with Dak Prescott, Stephen Jones uh chatted with Mike Florio, and he said that there were all sorts of analytics out there to support that when you give a certain player a certain percentage of the salary cap or more, it's impossible to win a Super Bowl, and that was just the most like terrifying thing of all time to hear. And they just they look like. They look like they have no idea what they're doing. I mean, and and I, I mean, I know we're, we're trashing a bunch of people because, like, line them up, but Mike McCarthy, man, and to come back here, I would love to hear your thoughts on the sequence after the fake punt.
1: Where uh, Bones is, like, telling him to the, the punt team to stay on the field. Yes. Like, keeping, like, I was so confused when I saw that, and I was like, it's like, wait, shouldn't he be, like, I thought he was going to, like, call them back to the sideline like he was like stay on the field so they were trying to what draw him like or get him to burn a timeout and that like like what was the upside of that play like what was the best thing that was going to happen The other teams going to burn a timeout that's not really important because the other team is a lead anyway like it's not like i I just don't understand no what what
0: yeah what what you need there isn't for them to burn a timeout what you need is the time you know what i mean like every cowboys fan was complaining at the end man if they just had more time you know what they would have had more time if if they had not wasted it on the on the play after the fake punt I mean, it was so stupid and embarrassing, and and they the Cardinals did it to them two weeks before, and so Mike McCarthy thought, well, you know, I'll just copy this, you know what I mean? Like, and I'll look like a genius, and like, man, it is just, it is so, it, I, I also, I've, I've been so hard on Bones because of his insistence on Greg Zerline as the team's kicker. The best player, you didn't even mention um, him when you talked about would-be free agents, but um, the best player on the Cowboys on against San Francisco was Brian Anger, their punter, he would not have even been their punter if Bones got his way. Yeah. If, if Bones had gotten his way, he would have had Johnny Hecker there, who's a fine punter. I'm not trying to, you know, bag on on Johnny Hecker, but like that's the problem with these people is they just they have their decisions and they don't want to consider anything else, and that showed itself all throughout the game. Yeah. Um,
1: elsewhere, uh, so so on the Zeke thing, by the way, too, to wrap up on that, like. 18.2 million cap hit like that's a that's a place you would look typically to kind of restructure that deal and free up some space in the short term but you can't do that because if you're doing that you're putting more money into the future when even you can realistically move on from him in 2023 but it's not like get out of jail free like there's still a decent amount like a significant amount of dead money would be 11.9 um, if they cut him or and no one's trading for him if they cut him before uh june 1st and obviously you know if they post june won it there's there's more flexibility moving forward but still um that money wouldn't come until after june 1 so not great and then the other thing is that i want to revisit is the Dak prescott of it all because i think he's getting off a little too easy throughout all of this not only because i don't think of- you're reading the
0: right things i mean we're all we're all very upset with Dak. So I maybe mean, you're just from, looking from the a national places. level,
1: yeah, I can't speak to blocking the boys, but like from a national level, I'm just seeing like Mike McCarthy get crushed, and like I'm not seeing a whole lot about Dak. Dak Prescott, by the way, let's give him a big round of applause as the the uh, taking the baton from <laughs> Trubisky as the MVP. I love that award; is my favorite thing. It's just like the most disrespectful kind of honor, quote unquote, you can get
0: in like you lost you, you, and you're getting this trophy you realize it's it's destined for Carson Wentz next year like that's that's destined to be the MVP next year Hey, I mean, Carson Wentz isn't
1: making the playoffs next year i'm what just saying the playoffs on? what team is he on he's not going to be on the colts I don't, anyway that's washington a team. Um, <laughs> uh we'll see i did see by the way uh here's a here's a Washington thing for anyone of our Washington listeners who happen to be listening, probably not. Uh I did see on Hogshaven they were interested in Derek Carr, who which is like that's uh, something you've been saying. So so there you go. Look forward okay. to that, Washington fans. On on the um, DAC thing. I want to read I didn't even get into
0: it. Well, no, I want to trash, trash him thing. with you. So I mean I want to get well, in on this.
1: <clears throat> well, my point there is that like What did I say when we did most overrated players back in the NFC East in the offseason? Dak Prescott was my pick. And what was I saying leading up to the year where I was like, I don't know, man, this injury thing is kind of weird. And I don't know if that's ultimately what kind of caused him to falter down the stretch. And I said at the time, I'm not really worried about how he's going to do early in the season. I'm worried about this taking a toll through as the season goes along and him kind of fading out. And, you know, when you talk about Dak Prescott and the money he's making and the playoff results he's had. I mean, it's not great when you consider it's one win against a team that was very much not trying to do everything they possibly could to win that game when Pete Carroll refused to throw the ball with Russell Wilson. It was running into like a brick wall of the Cowboys defensive line like 50 times. And like, that's just one win. And I think also I had a confidence the Cowboys weren't going to win this game at a certain point because they aren't a team that can play from behind. Like we said, they are front runners. When they get out, and to their credit, when they get out in front, they're hard to beat. But when they get from behind, they're done. Like, there's, there's, they're probably not coming back. So, uh, yeah, I think that's another big issue here. Not to say that, you know, you have to move on from him, obviously, and, and you can't because you're locked in financially. But it's pretty disappointing that a guy who's making this kind of money and got this big payday has one playoff win so far to show for it.
0: I mentioned when they got the ball back, they were down 23 17 there was 2 minutes and 42 seconds left they had all three timeouts so they also had the obviously the 2 minute warning and they had 86 yards to go what i didn't mention but it was true obviously nick bosa fred warner both not on the field i mean like what what more and and like I even tweeted like in, in that moment in real time, I tweeted like this is it, Dak, this is your moment. Like, go be elite. Cause like if they had done it, I mean you could have been like, you know, people like you would have like poked holes and been like, well, there was no Nick Bosa, there was no Fred Warner, but like the narrative would have been the narrative. You know what I mean? It would have been like, hey, he went, he did it, whatever they want. But this was that drive. Again, season on the line. you you need a touchdown to win. You got two minutes, 42 seconds, three timeouts, incompletion of Dalton Schultz. Why are you throwing it to Dalton Schultz instead of Amari Cooper City Line? Okay. Dalton Schultz for 38 yards. Respect. All right, now we're cooking with gas. Sacked. And then they hurry and, like, squeeze in a play before the two-minute warning when they should have taken the time to reassess because this is the most precious possession of your season. So right before the two-minute warning, throws an incomplete pass to C.D. Lamb. Throws an incomplete pass to Zeke Elliott on third down with the season on the line. Why are you throwing it to with the season on the line? Then on fourth down has this heave. And like, this is also what's bothering me. All these Cowboys fans like, man, well, Dak almost pulled off this amazing fourth down throw. Of Cedric Wilson. Yeah, but he didn't, you know, like he didn't, you know, like, almost means nothing. Like he didn't, you know, whatever. like they don't like only the Colts saying banners for almost, you know what I mean? Like that's so Ooh. lame to me. And that's why, like, man, I hate to do what I'm about to do. But big loser energy from Dak to, to blame wow. the officials. Like again, because Dak, you you had the game in your hands twice. You got two possessions. You had two opportunities to win it and you messed up, especially at the end. You messed up. You didn't know the rule. Own it. I mean, that and, and he's been that guy before. And and that's why yeah. I was I mean, I, and I get that he was emotional and upset and bothered and frustrated. I get all of that. But you that you have to be different. I've told the story a thousand times. Um, A lot of our listeners at BTB have heard it. Uh, I don't know if you remember Ryan Switzer. Cowboys drafted him before they traded him to the Raiders, and then they traded him to the Steelers. Um, But he got married. I think this was like summer of 2017, 2018 maybe. Uh, He got married, and he posted like a selfie video from the dance floor on Snapchat. And Dak was in it and some other teammates and guys, whatever. And Switzer's holding the phone up, and as they're dancing, like the music's on, and he throws his middle finger up in front of the camera. And and Dak puts his whole hand up, and covers the middle finger. And and <laughs> like, in, like I, I I'm not saying like oh franchise quarterback moment, but like what that what, what that showed to me was like this dude is so hyper aware of, every, of who he could because when you when you are that person when you're the quarterback of the Cowboys you have to be and it was like man this guy gets the public persona of his job and that's why like saying what he did about the officials was just man I've never seen him have a moment like that but I blame that not to take it away from Dak Prescott I blame that on Mike McCarthy because his energy is seeping into the locker room and they are all big loser energy as a result of it I mean so ultimately Mike McCarthy is, is, is king of BLE here
1: uh, I don't disagree with that, and uh what I will say about the cowboys r j is that for a team that you refer to as america's team i can i can't not point this out i mean nineteen ninety five the last time they made I know you know that I know the cowboys listeners know that, but that is it's just crazy to think about for a team as high profile as that nineteen ninety five for to be the team that is ahead of only two teams. When it comes to NFC championship game droughts, one of them on this podcast, the Washington football team and the Detroit Lions. Like, that's the company I'm keeping with. And as we all know, and I'm sure you've seen, but I will, again, I'm going to continue to say it because I can and I have to really it's journalistic integrity uh, obligation. Really, I have to say this last 25 years, playoff wins, Jake DeLome, uh, but,
0: okay, fine. The Nick right, Falls has more than the Cowboys. Fine, for, okay. Um, Johnson, no, for, like what I Nick Falls for what um, I think is amazing. I say, I mean, I do this every year. Like, do you know John Elway didn't have a Super Bowl win of any kind the last time the Cowboys were in a title game, and obviously won the Super Bowl. He he has since won two as a player, retired. You know, it sat out the mandatory period, was enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you know, chilled a little bit in life, began a whole new career path, you know, in terms of football personnel. Rose, I mean, you know, obviously his status helps, but rose to the position of general manager. And again, you know, his former team, kind of an you know, unfair advantage, mm-hmm. and literally built his own team that won the Super Bowl, (laughs) uh, which, by the way, included a Cowboys legend in DeMarcus Ware. Another way that I like to to put it is, and you can put the Eagles in this list, multiple teams have gone to the Super Bowl, like, we'll use the Eagles in 2004 as an example, and either won or lost it, lost in that case, and, like, completely, totally, 100 percent all been altered right like different coaches different coaching staffs different players like literally 100 difference in terms of players and coaches and staff and you know equipment managers whatever and gotten back like the eagles did and wanted seahawks have done that packers have done that i mean you know you can do all these di- ravens have done that whatever i mean it's it's not just like oh you know tom brady's dominated whatever and so you know that's why no like all these teams have done it have reset done it again and you cannot do it. And that's why I saw a tweet on Monday that was so great from Chris Vernon. Um, he tweeted something like, do not ever call a Cowboys fan a bandwagon fan. Because nobody would sign up for this. Like, no, nobody would choose this torture. It's, I mean, man, it's just it's pain. I, I tweeted this out uh, during the Monday night game. And this is my last Cowboys point because I'm upset enough. Um, and this, this will make you happy. And this is just recent history. Just recent history. 2006. Tony Ramos fumble in Seattle. 2007, they go to Cabo and they lose at home as the one seed in the division around to a division rival, to Eli of all people that wins the Super Bowl. And I I still don't think enough is made of this. For 3 years in a row, they got to a win and in game in week 17 and lost it. That alone is embarrassing, but that they lost them to each of their division rivals is it's just like i mean it's astounding in terms of like embarrassment 2014 Des catches it whatever 2016 third and 20 mason crosby mike mccarthy beats you again 2018 cj freaking anderson runs all over you and then obviously this past sunday it is a life of torture and i'm dead inside
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean that the giants won two super bowls just it continues to look worse and worse Not only obviously. And they and they end
0: so like something that isn't said much about that, like because I hate that as much as you do. But in both of those years, they ended the Cowboys season. Both times. Yeah.
1: So like in the Giants, who have no idea what they're doing, clearly. Right. Like you you
0: you aided in the like incompetence in New York for the Cowboys. I mean, it's just And,
1: And then the Eagles, who again like hadn't won a Super Bowl literally ever and found a way to do it somehow in the time in that same time span of the Cowboys. Uh, not even being able to make a championship game. Like, it's just crazy. It's, it's really insane. And uh, I would I would say I'd hate to see it, but I do love to see it. I wasn't really crushed after the Eagles lost to the to Buccaneers. We can kind of transition to this if you want. Um, because, again, expectations, there's a house money feel. Now, I will say it's obviously a disappointing loss because I expected it to be, like, somewhat of a game at some point. And it basically wasn't the whole game. I didn't expect that. I said, I felt good about them covering and I don't totally regret that from the standpoint of like the defense played well enough. They didn't get crushed. Everyone thought that was going to happen, but the offense didn't do anything. Like they, <laughs> they were shut out until the game was in the fourth quarter. And it was basically over at that point and the Bucks Didn't care anymore. Um, so, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, it did it did really lift my spirits to see the Cowboys lose like that. It made the season like worth it to to have it in that order, especially for the Eagles to lose and then being like kind of like, all right, well, this is annoying. To then the Cowboys lose, and I don't think I was alone in that. I think a lot of, of course Eagles you fans, weren't alone so in like, that. All these you know.
0: Eagles fans are losers and don't have anything to root for, you know, <laughs> except for the Cowboys failing. We all know that. Um, if you'll allow me, Brandon, as we begin our discussion on the Eagles, I would like to address Coach Sirianni, if you'll if you're okay with it. Okay, here we go. Hey, Nick, it's me. Respect on um, getting rid of the highlighter. I know you were down in Tampa. The weather called for visors. You fought the urge. Respect. You've grown a lot as a person. I don't know if you know this or not. Devontae Smith is on your team. It would be a good idea to use him a lot. To like, you know, maybe use him so much that he's like, Coach, I'm tired. Like, use him that much. You know, don't, like, physically exhaust him. Like, make sure he's, he's nourished and hydrated and all these things. You know, get him the proper rest and, and you know, rehabilitation here. But use him, you know? Like, we, we, don't, we don't need Quez Watkins. We, we don't need Jalen Rager. We don't need these, you know, Boston Scott moments. I just want you to play a game where you look like you realize that you have an incredible wide receiver on your team. Because I don't think you know it. All right, now you and me, Nick, we've come a long way, all right? Maybe we'll vacation together in the offseason. My wife and I just had a baby. Maybe you can show me how to, you know, draw a couple pictures with some of your highlighters. But Devontae Smith is on your team and not using him is criminal. You should be arrested for this in football terms, of course. (laughs) I I mean, Football. Yeah, you, you have to go to football jail if you don't utilize Devonte like and that like i, I don't think it's about the cowboys but like how brandon can like the rams just throw it to cooper cup a thousand times or the packers can throw it to Devonte adams a thousand times or the vikings can throw it to justin jefferson a thousand times and the cowboys won't do it with amari or cd or whatever but the eagles won't do it with Devonte smith like why did you draft him why did, they, they like it is astounding to me that the eagles have spent their last two first round picks on wide receivers and that they still have not adopted the philosophy of utilizing the best one
1: Jalen Riker, <laughs> Speaking of first round receivers, just, just I can't see him in an Eagles <laughs> uniform. There's no, there's no point. What, what more is there to see here? He, he freaking sucks so much. Um, And to your point about like all these other guys are getting force fed. A lot of those guys are veterans. Let's take them out for a sec. How about Jamar Chase? Great, How about Kyle Pitts? How yeah. about Daniel Lamar? All rookies who are getting force fed. Like you can force feed those guys, but somehow, so you can't even be like, well, he's young, you know. whatever. Even no, like, let's Cal- guard like Calvin end.
0: Ridley got force fed as
1: a rookie with Julio Jones opposite yes. of him. And the Eagles were force-feeding Devontae Smith in that week, 18 Cowboys game to get him the record, to get him the receive Like They did that to get him the franchise rookie receiving record and then pulled him out. So, like, you did it then. You can't do it in a game that counts. And I don't think it's all Sirianni, to be fair. I do think he deserves some of the blame, to be clear, because I think there are more ways they can get uh, him involved. You, you have to come up with something. At the end of the day, if you get to 113 in the second quarter, You're down 17 points, especially. And Devontae Smith is that's his first target at that point. As a head coach, you obviously failed at some level, but. I think you still have to give Jalen Hurts a lot of criticism oh, here, dude. too, because at some point, like you have to throw him the freaking ball. I don't care if he's covered, like give him a chance to make a play. Like he doesn't do that. I can't tell you many times this season where unless like he was literally just scrambling and had to throw Devontae the ball. Like I can't tell you like a play in the pocket that he just like, okay, maybe the touchdown throw uh, that he had against Patrick Sertan. That was one. But like those were far and few between um, or few and far between. Either way, uh, we didn't see it enough, and it's crazy. It's it's insane. I there's no good reason for it. Like Devontae Smith is clearly good. Like he he's making plays when he does get opportunities, and it's really funny that he ended this game with 11 yeah, targets because uh, it's, t- such, t- a t- it's t- such a lie.
0: It's such a lie. So I I love television. Um, have you ever seen Friends? Like all of it? Have you seen it all the way through? Okay. No. Well, I'm sure you've seen at some point, like at least like in like intermix somewhere. There's a Thanksgiving episode. I've seen some episodes. I know it's right. There's a, an episode, a Thanksgiving episode, that's called the one with the with the football. Where they they go together to this park and they play like a kind of a just you know football scrimmage, whatever. I've seen this okay. one. So yeah. in the game, uh, they're playing guys against girls, three on three, and so the girls are like last second, last ditch, whatever. Monica is the quarterback, ironically, relative to the NFC's mixtape here, wearing a New York Giants sweater. Uh, game, you know, show takes place in New York. Hey, you know, whatever sports or team. This is mid 90s. I mean, so the Giants still weren't terrible. Anyway, uh, so Phoebe has been the better receiver all day long. You know, she's she's you know, I don't know. She's Jamar chasing this thing up. And Rachel has been terrible, like all of them, just terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, Rachel Green. Shout out, you know, Rachel bleeding green nation here. Um, and so the final play, <laughs> the final play of the game. Phoebe is being double-covered. Uh, of the of the three defenders that are possible on the field, she's got two of them draped all over her. And the third one is blitzing Monica. Rachel's wide open, just standing there. Monica's thinking, like, do I throw it to her? Like, she's completely wide open, or do I just chance it to Phoebe in double coverage? And so she throws it to Rachel. Rachel catches it. Game-winning touchdown. Everybody has Thanksgiving dinner. Huzzah. That's, like, the only time that Jalen Hurts will ever throw it to Devontae Smith, like, in that moment. Like, literally, if, like, his other receivers are being physically attacked that's the only time
1: Hurts' performance in this game was really alarming like uh, i have obviously not been the biggest jalen hurts like believer but you're a hater I, okay, expected you more admit than, I expected more than zero points in you know meaningful game action before the f- end of the first half and the eagles have been starting slow this isn't even like a new thing it's not just like one game you can write off like in these wins that they've had late in the season against you know teams with very bad quarterbacks and bad teams they've been able to get away with that because you know they have the time to come back into the game but again we always said that against a team that's actually good you're probably not going to get that chance to come back into the game and to a larger point there's something to be said here about both hertz and the eagles about how they really struggled against playoff teams this year oh and seven point differential of uh negative 96 now i think the cowboys game might be included in there which obviously doesn't matter the the last one um but still, like 0-6. And, and in all of those games, RJ, that they played against playoff teams, they weren't even competitive in those games. This wasn't like a situation where they got unlucky and they lost some one-score games, which, as we have noted before, kind of te- typically tend to be like coin flips in the NFL or, you know, there's luck involved. And year to year, like if you, you know, maybe go 0-7 in, in one-score games, the next year you're probably going to be like maybe 5-2 or you're probably going to do better. It's, it's unlikely you're going to be as bad in one-score games the next season, um, depending on the circumstances. That wasn't the case here. The Eagles were just like housed in these games. And sometimes they came back and they made the score look closer than it really was. But in a lot of these games, they weren't competitive. The closest game, I think, you could say was the 49ers game in Week 2, but they were down like 17-3 to until the Eagles got a touchdown with about like four minutes left, and then the 49ers never uh, gave the ball back. They just ran it out. So like that's really frustrating to see a team that made progress but just didn't even look competitive against the good teams in Sunday's game against the Bucs. Like they were never in that game, and Jalen Hurts was a big reason why. He did not give them a chance at all to win. You basically saw everything bad about him on display, held onto the ball too long. For the second league year in a row, he led the league in time to mm, throw, Close so time to throw, not processing quickly. Um, there are multiple plays where, you know, if he he had windows and he make the throw and it's there to be made, but he waits too long and then he has to check down and it's an incompletion or it's a shorter completion, whatever. Um, he overthrew Quez Watkins at one point. Issue with touch and accuracy and everything. Um, the turnovers, you know, some poor decision-making. Uh, one thing that Todd Bowles did really well in this game, and obviously Todd Bowles is a really good defensive coordinator. And, you know, I have to give Jalen Hurts, like, I, I will acknowledge that it's hard for first time quarterbacks who are starting, you know, in the, the postseason. Um, they're not like coming in and right. thriving necessarily. You know, Joe Burrow played well, but, you know, look at Mac Jones. Look at Derek Carr. Look at Dak um, Prescott is his first played. year. He's, uh, and he's uh, really
0: struggled that first part uh, of the game. Yeah.
1: And then Kyler last night in Monday Night Football, so I'll allow that to some extent, and I get that. I'm not, but no, I'm not expecting perfection. I was never asking Dylan Hurts to put up 30 on the Bucks. I'm saying like, can you not get shut out and not turn the ball over twice and not like have the Eagles in a position where they're not in the game at any point? Like that's not too much to ask to me. So um, it was really bad. It's really concerning. I I think Hurts just is what he is, man. A lot of people want to talk about how he's young and how he can get better. Like, he can to some extent, but what to what extent? Like, the arm strength is never going to be amazing. The processing speed, I have a hard time it's going to be amazing when it's been the slowest in the league two years in a row. And I don't know if you saw this, RJ, but I tweeted this earlier this morning at Brandon Yutton on Twitter, and I asked two questions here. I said, uh, are there any recent examples of a team being very patient with a quarterback that they were clearly on the fence about and, like, waiting paid off? And a lot of people responded to this, uh, or or the, sorry, the other question was, an, are there any examples of a team moving on too soon and really regretting it? Can, I, tra- can I try to answer them? Because I didn't,
0: I didn't see the, the tweet this
1: morning. Okay, okay sure. So the
0: first, the first yeah. question is uh, examples of a team holding on, too, or holding on forever and it working out, right? That's the question.
1: Yeah, like they were on the fence about the guy, you know, it was clear, like they were like, eh, you know, what do we do about this guy? Kind of like example, like the Dolphins would be with Tua or clearly the Eagles situation because there was rumors about, you know, Deshaun Watson dating back to last offseason Russell Wilson to so like, or even maybe Trubisky um, or like, you know, someone who is like clearly on the fence about like people say Josh Allen, but I don't think the bills no, were ever on no, the fence no, about him. No, I and think, also uh,
0: he's a freak right, show. I think an answer again, I, I don't think there's a perfect answer, but the closest I can come is Derek Carr, ironically, like with the Raiders. Yeah,
1: Derek Carr, who just finally made the playoffs for or played his first playoff game. And then the other one, a lot
0: of people said... uh, So this one is uh, a team regretting moving on too soon, right? Yeah, like we moved on Um, too soon. Contextually, I wonder if Washington regrets moving on from Kirk, but probably not. But again, contextually, I I think that... Yeah, that was a unique situation. The only legitimate answer... 'Cause you can't say Detroit. I don't think they regret it. Like, you know, it was it was time you had to move on. The only one that works is probably Ryan Tannehill
1: yeah and like he played 88 games with the Dolphins and like do you really think the solution in Miami there was just to keep him longer like I think they saw what they needed sure. to see and he wasn't going to have success there I think they moved on from him at an appropriate time and he was a backup when he got to the Titans and just in case anyone forgot it's not like you know he was this total stud that the Titans like stole away and, and like you know was their guy from the jump he was playing behind well, Marcus and he Mariota. was very he was very um,
0: tactical about choosing that situation like he went and chose a lame duck you know in front of him that he would have an opportunity yeah. like and that that and, like elevated like his not that he's not good, but it elevated his aura and that he like saved them, you know what I mean, as opposed to just coming in day one
1: and also like come on, like Derek Henry is, is being right. there is also like well, a very I, unique I came kind of close to answering too. both questions.
0: I think I deserve some props
1: and then the cousin's thing to kind of touch back on that really quick, like Kirk didn't want to come back to Washington either, so that's something that needs to be said. It's not like. They even just gave up like he the, the bridge was burned like he didn't want to go back. So that wasn't even happening. Um, and I think he even came out and basically said that like the year before uh, he was done there. So I don't think there's a great example. And my point what I'm getting at with all this is I think too many people are willing to be patient when like you're probably just wasting time. I think more often I think. You might be able to find some answers to those questions I asked. I think you can find way more answers where the opposite is true and when teams moved on and it was the right thing. The saying often is that it's better to move on a year too soon than a year too late. And I just feel like the Eagles are kind of going to waste another season here with Jalen Hurts. Like, what are we really going to learn about Jalen Hurts that we haven't this, like, next year? Like, is he going to be night and day better? I just think that's so unlikely. And I don't think the Eagles are going to go into this offseason with him as their plan A. And they because they that would be crazy to me. They shouldn't. I think he's going to end up being their fallback plan that they're going to have to rely on because I think it's going to be tough to get Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or whatever the Eagles try to do. And obviously the draft isn't, you know, a super inspiring answer. Um, but I just think it'd be crazy if the Eagles just look at this and be like well jalen hurts is young and he needs more time and i don't think that's how they think so i don't think they will but i can't believe so many fans are willing to say that and i guess it comes from a place of like wanting to see yeah, Hurts. yeah trying to like will it into existence
0: right
1: and and i understand like you cheering for him he's a very rootable player i don't just and i want to see jalen hurts do well it's not about like hating on him or like rooting for him to fail it's just like calling it like it is and i think like i think we've seen enough i really do I know he's 23, but we've seen him play like what 40 something starts in college. He got benched in the national championship game because he wasn't a good passer. How is it inconceivable that in the NFL he might not be a good enough passer? Like, this, this is not really like that crazy of a thing to say uh, or to say to me. So, it's also um, like it's along a bummer, those lines,
0: it's, it's it amazing it that like the season of success he had was one where his team was like, running the ball you know like at this incredible right. rate like it, it wasn't because he was like again whatever but um okay so here's here's my thoughts on this i think generally yeah if you're an eagles fan number one i hope that you are happy like today i mean this has not been fun for me so i really just hope that you are happy um you know whatever i hope whatever anyway um this th- this season has netted you again contextually more than what you needed, you should be extremely grateful for this season. And I think Jalen Hurts has always been, maybe not always been, but ultimately became a means to an end. And he's he has been that. And I think that that has to be accepted. I think you're doing a great job of that. I understand the like super homer people that would love him to be this like franchise quarterback. It just isn't going to happen. But when you look when when you look back at like the book of the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts a allowed you to accept what the future really needed to be with Carson Wentz. Without him, I don't know, you know, like, I I mean, I'm sure Wentz would have, like, folded on his own. But you know what I'm saying? Like, Jalen Hurts gave you an out from from Wentz, which was necessary. And so he helped set you free. But, and so, like, I mean, if they run it back, I mean, like, the Eagles aren't one of the Super Bowl next year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're still not. Like, they're they're set up, I think, to really set themselves up. Um, But next year has to be about, Devontae Smith that's what it has to be like your your focus has to be turning this dude into the best wide receiver in the NFL so that for whoever ultimately lands here you are then set up with all this draft capital that you have because I mean it's it's not going to be Jalen Hurts like to me he's um you're a, you've seen so, like a superhero movie before right you've seen like the original spider-man or something yeah, right, right. yeah Okay. Yes. Jalen Hurts is the origin story, like for a superhero movie. It's kind of boring. Like I, you, you're like, man, I know this. Like I know how they become the hero. Like they get bit by the spider, they fall into the like tub of radioactive waste, whatever. Like I don't need to see this. I want to see the the development of who they. Are. I want to see them going and fighting the bad guys. Like I used to always say, like I hated the show Smallville because it's so frustrating because you know that he's Superman. You know he's over here like st- struggling with like guys rob- <laughs> yeah he's, like guys robbing gas stations and it's like dude come on you could like you know burn them with your laser vision and so but you you need the origin story to set up the great plots and the great twists and you know all the great stuff and that's what this has been and maybe this is still continuing for another season but I mean you know and, and I think that it's disappointing obviously right now the way he played and the way they played against Tampa but it, it gave you conclusive proof. And that's what you need. The worst thing you love to talk about it, the worst thing is is being stuck in this purgatory of like, man, is he good enough? Is he not good enough? Well, he did this, well, he did that, whatever. No, he's proven he's not good enough. You know that, you can accept that. You can you can make decisions off of that. The worst is when you're at a place of indecision. And for the Eagles' sake, thankfully they're not.
1: In the last six games before the playoffs, that Jalen Hurts played when the Eagles were six and two and on that stretch that everyone was encouraged by. He threw the game. He threw the ball. He didn't throw the game. He didn't throw the game. He threw the ball 23.8 times per game. 23.8. The NFL, in the NFL this year, the team that threw the fewest amount of times per game was at 29.1. So, like, it's just not sustainable. You cannot throw the ball that infrequently and win. Like that's just not NFL football. It's just like that's not it. It's a passing league. It is. Obviously, like we've seen a resurgence of running in the NFL. And I'm not saying that running is meaningless, but when it comes to the playoffs, like look at the quarterbacks in the playoffs and tell me Jalen Hurts is in that category. Is in that cali- uh, cal- uh is that caliber of a quarterback in that category as Josh Allen. As no, Joe he's Burr, not, I as these guys I think the meeting.
0: worst quarterback in the playoffs was Ben Rothesberger. I think you can make an argument that the second worst quarterback in the playoffs was Jalen Hurts. I mean, just again, like yeah. on the whole of who they are. And that's not like to bag on him, but just like, you know, it it just is what it is. So on the subject of, of and, Eagles and the Cowboys lost to the current worst Oh, dude, he, and that's what's so fresh. Like they lost at home to Jimmy Garoppolo. Gosh, <laughs> so embarrassing. But okay, so you mentioned Twitter, uh, at Brandon Gunn, at RJ Ochoa. I did see this tweet on Tuesday morning. From NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Media. I mean, he's all over the place. The Los Angeles Chargers yep. uh, color analyst as well. Uh, at Move the Sticks tweeted this out: BLG. So we now know, by the way, since the Eagles season is over, that their first round draft picks next season uh, or this coming season are 15, 16, and 19. So Daniel Jeremiah said, fun trade discussion. Eagles get Russell Wilson. Seahawks get Eagles three first round picks this year and next year's second round pick. Which team says no? Are you asking me? Which team says yeah, no? Yeah, I'm asking you. you? I, have, I, I, mean, I, I know the answer, however, you want to do this. this you know, whatever you want to do, BLG. I mean, Russell Wilson has
1: a no trade clause, and I think he says no is kind of the problem. Okay, r- forget real that part. For, forget, forget reality. Um, just
0: live in the question, please.
1: Assuming that isn't the factor, um, I think both teams say yes. Why, w- why would the Seahawks? I mean, unless the Seahawks are totally just delusional, which I can't rule out because uh, they're keeping beat carol it seems like and it seems like their plan is just to run it back except get rid of ken norton so i can't really speak to what they're thinking or they're doing but assuming they have some I mean maybe they re- replace snyder there's kind of been some talk of that i don't know uh, assuming they have sense that they need to start moving forward and not just keep running it back i think it's a pretty good offer to get those picks and be like hey, i think philly try to rebuild would here. be out of their minds to take this deal i really do I mean, I don't I don't necessarily think it would take that. I think that's a little no, bit more than it would take. Yeah, if,
0: if if it's like you know, again, like if you're talking to trade a first round pick for Russell Wilson, hell yeah, you do that. Yeah, if you're in Philly situation. But like all three first round picks and a second next year, like I think the three first rounders this year's too much. For who Russell is today? Right. I mean, I love Russell. I He's still really good, man. He is still really, really good. Yes, he is. He absolutely
1: is. Russell Wilson, in his down year, had the third best season of any
0: Eagles quarterback <laughs> in the past 22 years. I, I mean, I I would... I would invite this as a Cowboys fan. I would invite this. Bring it. I mean, and I've, I've told you All before, right. I have a Russell Wilson jersey. It would hurt me greatly because um, I, I love Russ. I and, know. And, and uh, you know it would be super annoying is like he would be like, yeah, yeah y'all know that I, I was almost drafted by the birds, right? Yeah. Y'all y'all know back in 2012. <laughs> this is one of your best impressions. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just. Go birds know, at the every. You know, at I, the end of it's, every single It's crazy, man. Conference. I wound up playing for the birds and they're green too. You know, it's just, it, it's, it's, <laughs> you know. Philly, Seattle, coast to coast, baby. R dub three. Let's go. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I've never played with a Heisman winner. I'm excited. I mean, you know, go, go, Birds. Go Birds. Ciara? Yeah, she'll be here. She's she's getting me a Philly cheesesteak. it's a, a and now I don't even now I'm just gonna call them cheese because I'm I'm here. I'm in Philly. City of brotherly love, baby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I get that people have reservations about it. I'm not like I can't rule out the disaster scenario but there's no perfect move every move you do has risk like i think people think because like inaction is risk or or risk-free like if you just stick with jalen hurts like that's not risky at all no that's very risky because you're risking that you're not going to find a quarterback answer in the future like everyone is you're wasting a whole season potentially and there's no guarantee that there's a light at the end of the tunnel with this thing like who knows that they're going to be able to get someone in 2023? I mean, I, I've been saying that, like, if you stick with Jalen Hurts, you have to trade for a pick next year. One of the, You can't use all three picks in this year's draft. If you're sticking with Hurts, you have to get a first-round pick next year. But that takes a team, another team like Tango on that, so you can't necessarily even guaranteed get that, although, you know, you think you'd be able to if you can trade back, but that all depends. And then again, like, What's what's waiting for them in 2023 for sure as a free agent or trade option? And again, in the draft class, like what is there for sure? You don't know. So you're just wasting a whole year and then you're getting to a point where it's like, well, maybe there'll be an option at that point. Like to me, that's really tough. And when there's a future Hall of Famer sitting on the table potentially for you, I don't know how you can't try to really go strongly for that. And I think an interesting thing about Daniel Jeremiah saying this, I don't know if you know this, RJ, and your Cowboys fans listeners know this, that Daniel Jeremiah used to be an Eagle scout and further he actually used to be or he was in the running for the job that Joe Douglas had as the Eagles vice president and player personnel back when Howie was put back in power uh in 2016 and that's significant because like and actually like not even in the running Howie wanted him like that was Howie's guy for that pick and apparently Jeffrey Lurie was like no you can't have your guy you have to hire someone outside the organization but point being here is like i think daniel jeremiah tends to be like plugged in to to how he and how he thinks and everything so that he put that out there was interesting to me um and i'm not saying it's a guarantee it happens i i tend to think that russ will not want to come to philly we haven't heard any buzz about that from his end like actually wanting to come here which matters because he's the no trade clause but i just don't know how you can just be okay with running it back with hurts and feeling like We'll definitely find the answer. Like you might not, and then you might be stuck for a very long time without a quarterback. I just don't. I think it's very naive to think you can just easily get one later. You can build the defense, and you can just add a quarterback whenever. Like that's that's not a simple thing to do.
0: And I realize that that's like a, a huge question. Like I'm not trying to underscore the little and not underscore how big of a question it is, but I still. I mean, like I'm jealous of where the Eagles are at this offseason. Like that's that, I maybe mean, maybe some of that's just like the emotion talking, but like I think you're the arrow's pointing up. You you have a lot of questions to answer, but you have a lot, you have a I wouldn't say a treasure chest, but you have a lot of resources to, to work with. And that's that I mean, we've seen teams butcher that, to be very clear. Some teams are still in the process of butchering yeah. that. But I mean, it could it could be a lot worse, is my point. Um
1: and and not only butcher that, but like when we talk or when you talk about butcher it. How about the team on Sunday that lost to the Buccaneers with their 2016 first-round pick, not on the team, Carson Wentz. Obviously, you got a future first out of that, so okay, whatever, but that's not helping you beat the Bucks. Your 2017 first-round pick, their most memorable play from the game being a roughing the passer penalty on Tom Brady that wiped out a third and 10. Yeah, he, he had a great play on Tom Nets. Brady
0: at one point in time in a playoff game. I mean, he
1: recovered <laughs> the ball. Yeah, that wasn't <laughs> Still. like you know, a great a play, statue as as it's really in right Chile. Right anyway, Derek Burnett is four and a half sacks in his last 25 games. So not what you're really looking for out of a first round pick and will likely be gone this off season. 2018. They didn't have a first round pick 2019. Andre Dillard played one special team snap. That was his only snap in this game your 2019 first round pick and an offensive tackle got hurt. Like Lane Johnson missed time in this game, but Andre Dillard can't play right tackle. He can only play left tackle, which limits his value. Doesn't not versatile, so he only plays one special team snap. And then your 2020 first round pick. Is Jalen Rager who actively makes the team worse. So, like, those, you know, Devontae Smith obviously looks promising, but you didn't even use him. But, like, putting, you know, Devontae Smith aside, those last four or whatever first-round picks, you're getting zeros. You're getting – not only are you are getting zeros. Again, in Rager's case, you're getting less than zero. You're getting negative value. Like, to have all that, nothing, really hurts – and it doesn't necessarily manifest that season, like when you make that pick, but in the case of Derek Barnett, because he Eagles won the Super Bowl. It's it's what people talk about. If you want to say, well, you have to wait to judge a draft class. Well, this is what happens. Like you're seeing the effects of not making those hits down the road, and then you're left without premium talent to beat a good team like the Bucks. So I think that's another kind of underrated thing from the losses, just like, you know, like where are the where are the star players? And and you miss these opportunities to get them. And there. Why should there be full confidence that you're going to hit on them this offseason? Right. I mean, yeah. I think that, that's what I'm thinking is like you
0: got three first round picks, but like you kind of suck at this. Like so. Why should anyone believe you got? I this? mean. I will say that the 2021 draft class looks good early
1: on, like Devontae Smith should promise in a in a, uh, in a really big way. I mean, they haven't gotten him the ball enough, but he did the most of what he could. Landon Dickerson, I thought, looked pretty good and was part of, obviously, like one of the best offensive lines of the NFL. Um, Kenny Gainwell should promise. Milton Williams showed some promise at the end of the year. So I will give Howie credit for last year's draft class looking good. But, I mean, you look at all the misses and you can't just assume that it's going to happen. So, that's that's the thing, and that's another reason why too. You can't just assume like I think too many people think about the Russell Wilson trade. It's like, well, it's three defensive studs or Russell Wilson. It's like, well, <laughs> you're probably not going to hit on all of those picks. Which isn't to say you should just right. throw them away, but you can't just act
0: like we're going to get an all pro or all pro player at all these picks. But no, in you're that not. sense if you are going to trade them, they are never more valuable than when they are, uh, than right now, you know, because the, the moment you put a name on them, they, lo- it's like driving a car off the lot. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like right now they, they right. represent opportunity and there's, there's not a, a price you can put on that. Um, I think this is a, a good thing to kind of wrap up the show with BLG. I just saw this tweet and I'm so sad that I have to read it to you right now. Um, Don't look at Twitter. Cause I I want to see your face when I read this to you. While we were recording, the account at official NBA refs, um, which I, I guess serves as the like NBA referees uh, Twitter account. They got 108,000 followers. So it's not like some, you know, it, you know weird account that got verified. I've never seen this account before. But anyway, this is their tweet verbatim. The NBRA, which I assume stands for National Basketball Referees Association, um, NB, the NBRA condemns. The comments by Dak Prescott <laughs> condoning violence against game officials. As an NFL leader, he should know better. We encourage the NFL to take action to discourage this deplorable behavior in the future. I mean, he should be fine. Oh, I could be. He, I totally he agree. should be 100%. fine. 100%. It is...
1: Pretty bad, too, from a Philly fan perspective to see that and know that, like, the Eagles fans will beating like crushed ten times over, a billion times over. If this happened in Philly, it's just like a, that's an easy trope. Like people say that it's like everyone's tweet basically when something like that happens, but it's true. Like that would be happening in this scenario. So, yeah, I mean, Dak needs to be yeah. fine.
0: He, he was, he was wrong.
1: He should issue an apology, honestly, he, too. Like, it's not, the fine isn't even enough. He has to apologize for what he said, because it was I embarrassing. Mean, and I didn't get to say this earlier. And like, you you talked about the emotions of it all in that moment, and I get that. He's a human being. But first of all, he wasn't even like joking at all. He wasn't smiling. So I didn't love that. Like, he was dead serious. And also, this is what you get paid the $40 yep. million for. Like, you get paid the $40 million to kind of put the emotion side and be the face of the franchise. So I don't want to hear that, like, you know, it's okay because he's a human. No, like, that's kind of the that's, – that's what comes with the territory of being the face of the Cowboys. Um, so there's no good excuse.
0: Nah, all. it's weak. I mean, and then, like, I, I, all my mentions on Sunday night were filled with, like, back off. You're being soft. Like, no, nah, man, this is not cool. Like, you know, like, you, you can't, like – just, just lose, just lose, and and complain all you want. Like, you, I think it's lame, but you can complain about the refs and talk about how bad they are at their jobs. But like, advocating or condoning or even joking about condoning about that, like, that's super lame. Like, you're right. Like, if an if an Eagles player did that, Cowboys fans would be calling them for them to be put in actual jail, not football jail. <laughs> so that's true. Um, what else? I mean, can we leave yet?
1: I mean nothing going on in washington really from what i gather you know no moves to really be made there they're not like you know hiring a head coach or anything or gm right or anything. we are um they need over, a quarterback what,
0: two weeks away from the new name so oh i do so they have i do have a them. one last cowboys thing to say since i mean there's nothing to say when it comes there's definitely nothing to say when it comes to new york i mean they're interviewing all these people
1: well, they, they're interviewing, like, what, like, nine? They've interviewed, like, nine GM candidates so far, so that's where they're
0: um, at. But uh, actually, on the subject of the Giants, this is also related to the Cowboys. Uh, Matt Rule uh, needs to hire a rock star offensive coordinator. I mean, you saw that report. He is interviewing <laughs> Ben McAdoo for the job. So
1: almost, <laughs> almost Eagles head coach Ben McAdoo, who the Eagles were ready to hire instead of Duffields.
0: Um, but so one thing, I, I, it's, it's hard to admit this out loud, I don't think Dak's even going to win Comeback Player of the Year. I yeah. think Joe Burrow won it. Yeah, he won MVP. He can't double up on He awards. seemed like a lock. By the way, the, the, C- the Seahawks did MVP. just officially fire Ken Norton Jr., former Cowboy, by the way. Um, okay. so I hate everything. Great. Football is stupid and meaningless and has brought me no joy in my adult life. I mean, really. Well, on the, on the bright side the Cowboys can't let you down next week. Um, do we want to pick winners while we're at it, like while we're here, like before we leave? I mean, do we, are we, for what? For the divisional round. The rest of the NFC? Um, no, no for the division uh, just in general. Um and you can hear BLG and I discuss this deeper on the SB Nation NFL show. Um we discuss a bunch of stuff, but um we might as well pick them here. Actually Packers well, so hang on. My my question to you is who are you rooting for to win it all? I'm rooting for the Bills.
1: Uh yeah, um, I actually like the Bengals a lot. I really like Joe Burrow, and I think that team and the fans, like they. I think the, the fans deserve this, kind of gets overrated and overplayed mm-hmm, sometimes, mm-hmm. and especially as a bitter Eagles fan for a long time. I didn't want to see teams that hadn't won longer than the Eagles or whatever win, because then that makes us feel like we're even more alone at the bottom of this. Uh, but now that the Eagles do have a Super Bowl win, and they're obviously out of it now anyway, uh, Joe Burrow's fun to root for, and that team is likable. Not the biggest Zach Taylor guy. I was never a big no, Taylor no. guy <laughs> in Philly. But whatever. I that doesn't really matter to me. Uh Joe Burrow is really cool and a lot of good talents on that team at wide receiver and whatnot. So uh the Bengals well, and
0: I, I think they can get to the I'm, I'm picking the Titans. I think they so can you're, you're the picking the Bengals. I'm picking the Titans. Uh to uh, not to win. No to really win this game, this coming game on Sunday. Saturday actually. Uh I'll take the, you know what I said the Bengals are gonna make the Super okay. Bowl so i So I'll I've go got the Titans, it. you got the Bengals. I it's going to bother me so much because the take is going to be the 49ers went and whooped up on Mike McCarthy. And then they went and got whooped by the team that fired him and improved. I'm just going to like tweet that out basically. Um, And to see how many retweets. I I think the Packers are going to crush them because they, 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 they are not great. I mean, they're great compared to the Cowboys, but like we said, they let the Cowboys back in that game multiple times. I will take the Packers.
1: I do think there is something different about Aaron Rodgers this year in the playoffs. Like I think this is truly like man on a mission. Like it is the last dance. Like he might be, you know, more untouchable than ever. Uh so yeah, I'll take the Packers. Although, you know, I think the Packers can be like handled a little bit, which kind of worries me. You know, they're not like the most I think they can be a little bit like soft. And I think if the 49ers running game kind of just starts mauling them, that could be something. But I'll take the Packers.
0: The uh Bucks and Rams. I'll take ta- um I was gonna say I'll take Tam Brady. I'll take Tom Brady and the Bucks i'll take tom okay um and then i've got the bills are you are you brave as well are you taking the chiefs i mean i think the bills can win i was saying
1: to you didn't hear this yet i'm guessing on the podcast with stats that that the, the bills winning in kansas city earlier this year was not a fluke by any means that was a, like a very statement kind of win. like they beat them oh like flat sure. out no excuses like you know they the Bill uh, she sounds like to complain about the penalty on d Ford or whatever in that game but like no the bills outplayed them josh allen was making like incredible throws and he's so hot right now that yeah uh i could I see the bills winning i'll take i'll take it pains me i think mean, it's a, it's it's a it's a it,
0: toss-up it's a it's it a pains me to take this victory lap but since maybe the middle of last season and dak was hurt i get it but um since the middle of last season my take has had been If I and again, this was something I've said before, and obviously things change, but um, I had said the only quarterbacks that I would choose to build a franchise around before Dak Prescott are Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen. And I got all this like, Josh Allen, are you serious? He's terrible, blah, blah. blah. And first half of the year, and granted, I I had some doubts about the Bills myself. All those people are like, look at Josh now. Dak's gonna win MVP. I love Dak. I wish that, you know, everybody had proven me wrong, but Josh Allen's a super freak. Would you put Herbert above deck? No. Dude, he choked. Yeah, he wrong. I mean he didn't choke, but would, like um wrong. like he kind of choked. He didn't like full choke, but he kind of choked. I mean he did choke against the Texans. Like, dude, like that's some Would you put you know that's
1: Would you put Burrow above deck?
0: I still think he's it's he, I think you I have mean, to. I like I'm not gonna argue that, but like I mean, especially if he wins on Sun on Saturday. But I mean I think he's the real I, deal. Uh, Bob Sturm put it um some way in his write-up, where he talked about like you've got the kids like Joe Burrow coming and and making their own case, and like that's how I would say it. it's like there's the, the kids making their case, but like it's difficult to compare. It's, it's apples to oranges, but like if if you want to, I mean, like I'm not gonna fight you on that, you know what I mean? Um, but I definitely wouldn't put like all Kyler. Right. I mean, Kyler, oh dude, gross. No,
1: not even close. Um, all right, so let's like look a little bit ahead in terms of what's coming
0: up on the podcast in the off season because it'll be a long off season. We'll be here every week, right? right? Yeah. Um okay. I don't know. What do we what do we want to like do we wanna ask for what people want us to do? Do we wanna like tell them things we wanna do? I mean, like they've stuck around this long on this episode, this like autopsy. Um Yeah. I mean, we we obviously have we're always open to feedback. Yeah, well, first of all, we obviously have things like, you know, we'll talk about the playoffs a little bit, but like, you know, Free agency, combine, draft—like we got all that jazz. There will be breaking news and things that affect the division. We'll have schedule release stuff. Um, We could do, you know, you know what I really want to do, Brandon, is like who's our favorite non Cowboys Eagles teams and why, and then who are our least favorite non division rival teams and why, like teams we kind of like and hate for weird random reasons that are relative to the Cowboys and Eagles,
1: like that. I also want to get hear from, I think the other. Like Ed, Ed uh, and Brian Stabby from People View and Hogshaven Haven and hear about like maybe the teams like they hate the most or whatever. they like, kind of get their perspective on things and the season in the division, like in, and the and the new GM and um, coach so we'll in New York
0: and everything, and the new uniforms and name in Washington. We got a lot of stuff to hit
1: there's some reviews that we'll have to get through that we probably missed that we'll, we'll hit on those. Maybe we can do a mailbag episode at some point. That could be we'll fun. we still have our, uh, which we never really our have
0: all that. NFC East team, most overrated players, most underrated players. Those. Um, I will tell you now, well, yeah, Devontae there, Smith's not making the all NFC East team. Sorry.
1: He will. Um, There is a, I feel like we need to do an, an emergency NFC East podcast at some point. I don't know what that looks like. Um, but I feel like there has has to be be an
0: emergency for us to do the emergency show. I mean,
1: right. But I'm, I'm wondering what that would be. I'm trying to think like what that might be, but we have to, I don't know if we
0: had this conversation on the show or if we had it offline, I think it was offline, but like DeMarco signing with Philly is like a great example of like an emergency. Yeah. Okay. So we did
1: something like that or, you know, honestly, it might just end up being something that like breaks on a Tuesday, like on a recording schedule, (laughs) like you know, maybe during free agency, like something really big happens and we just are going to record anyway. So we do it. Um, So maybe it's just like that, which is kind of cheating, but yeah. So a lot of good things coming up on the podcast, a lot of good feedback. You can also listeners to to interrupt you.
0: We can also circle through uh, the opponents that the NFC East will play this season and talk talk to the experts from those sites uh you know get the kind of 101 on those teams and what the cowboys and eagles have in store for them when they play you know well they'll play the titans Uh next season will will it be the afc champion titans who knows but yeah and and what those teams think of the
1: nfc's teams the opposite perspective you know what i think
0: we should do blg Um, is we should do you know because look the nfc's mixtape is a show of the people right i mean that's what we're here for we are We've always right. said that. And you know what? We love the ratings. We love the reviews. Wherever you're listening, it's Blogging the Boys, Bidding the Nation, Hogshaven, Big Blue View. I have not run this by BLG, but if you leave a rating, you write a review. Obviously, if you're a subscriber, if you leave a really great review, maybe you come on the show one week. Maybe we talk about your favorite NFC games. Hmm. Maybe we, we, you know, wow. why, why not? Let's get weird. Let's get crazy. Who You know, we could figure it out. We're gonna reward our listeners by
1: doing work. Uh, I mean (laughs) you're gonna have to why not?
0: Like it's this is a show of the people. Like that's that's what it's about. Um yeah. Maybe, Uh, maybe we step up our game and incorporate some video in the offseason because people want to see. That'd be good. Uh
1: once the world is kind of maybe at one point in the future, hopefully back to normal in some capacity and it's safer. I would love to do a live pod. Uh both one in Philly and one in Texas. But again,
0: that's kind of down the road. And also, even if I have to figure out, some even things if yeah, wise. before that, maybe we do some sort of live pod online. You know what I mean? And we, and we have sure. people here, there, whatever we pull them up on stage to talk. I mean, you know, there's a lot yeah. of stuff coming down the band. We're not, why would we go anywhere? We're, we're these sickos. It was are obsessed good, with this.
1: it was a good first season for the NFC. Mixtape. although you know whatever but the, the football the team is a part of it aside i think the podcast ended up being really good uh rj and i came up with this back in what like march april kind of yeah. kind of right before the draft i think last year so we haven't even had a full actual calendar year but this is our first season and i think it was fun to do every week and i think a lot of people had fun along the way which is really the goal of this all is for everyone to kind of have fun um so definitely appreciate the support we've gotten throughout the season Kind of just, you know, the tweets and the feedback and the reviews and everything along the way. Those mean a lot. Um, and we look forward to seeing more of them. So thank you. Yeah. Everybody. And
0: thank you um, to the cross reviews and cross fans. Uh, it's been nice for me to hear from Cowboys fans and Brandon to hear from Eagles fans. But in a weird way, we have sort of created this awkward step family, you know, where we like kind of love each other, but don't love each other, but acknowledge each other and like shake hands and, you know, bro hug and break bread. And so uh, it's it's been nice to kind of, you know, see how the other half lives, so to speak. Um, a reminder that the Dallas Cowboys did win the NFC East in the first inaugural season of the NFC's mixtape went went, uh, went undefeated in the NFC East. I mean, these are just facts, um, but, um, yeah, but but do you feel good about it? I don't, but on the subject of that, actually, I was thinking about this. Um, we should also have on, we mentioned him a lot. He's kind of like a unofficial mascot of the show. We should have on Rob Stats Guerrero at one point. Um, <laughs> Why? What's well, I mean, because we mentioned him a lot and, and, and his 49ers did have an impact on the NFC East this year. They beat the Eagles. They beat the Cowboys. I mean, they were undefeated against, you know, our two teams here. And so uh, BLG and I both host shows with stats over on the SB Nation NFL show. So it'd be nice to bring them aboard. Show them how an elite podcast, you know, operates.
1: If we're talking about guests, there's a certain former Eagles, former Cowboys oh, player I would really with, like to eat yeah. on the show. We will that's see. Our, we'll see if we meet the White Whale.
0: Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, we are. You know, we had Rick Devens on. That went well. Who knows? Who knows what's next? I mean, you know, whatever. But if you have big things, you have any thoughts? You have any questions, comments, suggestions on Twitter at Brandon Gotten at RJO We would love to hear from you. Um, the season may be over, but it's really never over. I mean content is king also on instagram that's true that's handles, the yeah right? we uh same it's go. our instagram it's our handle on instagram for both of us blg just posts um like photos of food it's really all it is um no you can see the picture of me when i was exactly oh yeah you were blonde I was, that was crazy dude
1: i was blonde um do you miss that and i was rocking a mean fit oh yeah <laughs> my outfit is um, ridiculous do you
0: miss being blonde
1: uh i don't remember it so it's hard to say i do Do I miss having hair? Um, not really. I never really did anything with my hair. I kind of usually just did the buzz cut anyway, especially since dating back to high school. And now, you know, it's just complete bald. And I got the skull shaver, not a sponsor, but a really good product. If you're losing your hair or you don't have your hair anymore, it works really effectively. So, uh, yeah, no more blonde. Uh, I still have like blonde. I feel like streaks in my hair. It obviously turned brunette brown. Um, but, uh, Big, yeah big, there we go but it's a good picture so look at it and big like that guy and follow yes big cap guy uh i to be fair i want to make this known i did like i wasn't like hey i'm losing my hair i'm starting wearing hats i always wear hats and then i just have so to could, lose i almost wonder you call if them hats. Lose my hair. even though
0: the, like i call like what you and i are both wearing today i call these caps like i don't call these hats this is a ooh, i, I like it's a hat. You, you call anything a cap
1: I just I usually say hat. Maybe I say cap like temperature. I think of the that's time, really but weird. Not like, really...
0: No, it's a cap. If it think you're no, really if weird. it has a bill, it's a cap. If you're wearing like a like a fedora, that's a hat. You know what I mean? You wear Why would you be wearing a fedora? I, mean, I don't know, but I mean, have
1: you ever seen I think you should leave? Uh no. The TV show Or Netflix. Oh okay. Well, you're missing that. Um <laughs> <Anyway. laughs>
0: but yeah, like if you're wearing a fedora or a, a toboggan or something like that's a hat. But if it's got a bill, a toboggan. Yeah, it's a cap. A toboggan's like a beanie. No, it's a sled. No, it's like a beanie. Um, a beanie is a beanie. No, it's not. It's a toboggan. We've talked about this before in, in Canada. They call it like a toque. Oh, I, I thought it was a toboggan. That's right. I'm you know. Anyway, yeah. it's a cap. Um and that's no cap. You know what? You know what's cap? The cowboys. I, I already made the I already <laughs> I made the know. pop culture cap reference before you did, sorry. Um okay. Brandon Lee Garden, The final Final eight words belong to you. Make them great. How about them cowboys? What does your hoodie even say? It says something stupid. It's ugly. What does it say? What does the hoodie say? Tell us now. Nope. Later.